Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Zias Caravalla, founder and principal analyst at ZK Research. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Ping Wu, CEO at Cresta, and we're here to talk about how generative AI can transform customer service both now, but also in the future. Uh, Ping, uh, you know, there's been a, um, this, to me, this is a fascinating topic because every event I go to now has generative AI in it. I think there's a lot of different use cases for it, and CX is certainly one of them. And there's been a lot of conversation about how generative AI for customer service has been through the lens of cost reduction, whether that's deflection and reducing the agent headcount using virtual agents and chatbots, or using automation to reduce handle time after uh, after calls. But what are some of the emerging ways that generative AI can improve experiences for the end customer? Hi, Eric. Hi. Uh, thank you, Azess, um, you know, for having me. Hi. Um, yeah. So. At Questa, what we have seen is that um, not only just from a cost reduction perspective, but also from experience enhancement perspective, there are many ways that general AI can really make a difference. Uh, for example, there are uh, things that you know new agents may actually find hard hard to answer mm-hmm. certain questions with um, you know when they actually answer the calls. Um, you know, as you know, in contact center, there are a lot of long tail questions. That the agents may not get familiar with, you know, um, you know, on their day-to-day basis. You know, for example, in airlines, you know, people may ask, "What's your uh, surfboard policy?" and "What's the dimension?" You know, these are the things that they have to find in their knowledge base. And you know, Gen AI can certainly help. Um, you know, our product knowledge assist can detect those questions automatically and then retrieve uh, the relevant documents from. The knowledge base and use generative AI to really understand the document, extract the answer, and directly send to the agents while the agent doesn't have to type anything, right? So this is the certain things that can just drastically reduce um, the handle, not only the handle time, but also um, the customers don't have to be put on hold. Right? So the you know the agent can answer with confidence. So that's number one. Number two, there are things that, you know, even as note-taking or after-call summarization, what we're experimenting is in the call summarization, where as the conversation happens, um, progressing, uh, we're already taking, uh, extract key information and, you know, um, writing down a summary for the agent as the conversation progress. What we found that's um, very helpful is that the agent, sometimes the agents, they may not, um, know what will be included in AI generated summary. They may still be afraid of missing information. So that what happens is they still uh, will try to write down stuff, and 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 then you know by freeing up the agent of doing those manual work, it's not only efficiency gain, um, but also it actually helps the agent to be more focused, more engaged in in the conversation, that deliver a better experience of overall for the uh, for the customer. Right, and then the third piece, it's more from the personalization perspective. Um, the the thing that we think about in our copilot design is that um, the copilot not only just you know make decisions based on the conversation, but also it pull in 
a lot of data that the agent may not be aware of um, out of CDPs, out of CRM automatically for each call, right? And then generate, um, generate the talk track or the key information that the customer, um, about a customer, the agent need to be aware of before having the conversation so that the conversation can be very personalized. So all these aspects we feel that are very useful to improve not in the not just the operational cost, but also um, you know the customer experience. Yeah, you know I've heard it uh, described as uh, it has the ability to make agents super agents, right? And then it also removes a lot of the mundane tasks such as note taking and inputting information that agents don't really like doing anyway. So uh, I think from you know it's an, it's interesting because. It, there's a lot of fear that agents might go away, but from what I see, it actually makes the agents there <clears throat> smarter and better. Is that a good way to think about it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's what we think. In when we talk to our customers, we also notice that the number of agents in some of our customers actually increase over the past over the past year, just because of the the COVID lockdown. They're relieved, and you know more people go out to travel, for example, their call volume in certain call center businesses actually increase, though they have to um, get more agents on board. So, yeah. so and I'm, uh, yeah. I'm predicting here that within five years, uh, contact centers that embrace generative AI will no longer need to put people on hold. So we'll see if we can do that. <laughs> now, uh, when you think of the potential impact beyond uh, just reducing costs, uh, the idea of service to sales transforming service-focused contact centers into revenue-generated engines. You know, it's not new, but most companies still run their sales and service motions separately. And so that vision of bringing sales and service together hasn't actually lived up to the potential for those who have actually tried to do it. So do you think generative AI can change that and actually, you know, make uh, the contact center a revenue-generated area? Oh, absolutely. Um... So what we actually already implemented um, for our deployed the you know in our AI transformation some of the initiative for our customer is do exactly that to take the service conversation to turn that into revenue generating conversation. There are many reasons that it will work well. The first is that um, you know when the agent is solving a hard problem for the customer, you know they're already kind of uh, building that trust. Right, the customer is already on the phone. They feel uh, they really appreciate, grateful if it's a successful uh, call, and then that's really a good time for uh, for the agents to get hold of the customer and then introduce them. You know, the valuable service that the customer may not be aware of. That's a great way to 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 uh, turn that service conversation into sales conversation. And then and then the second piece is many of the businesses they are unlike TikTok or. Uh, Facebook or Google, you don't get to interact with your customer very frequently, right? So there are many cases where uh, if you want to reach out or engage your customer, you need to um, do a lot of effort. Now on the phone, the customers are already calling, you already have them in the call. So you definitely want to maximize that. So for the, for the, from the technology perspective, Gen AI, what it provides is that a deeper understanding of the conversation, right? And then, you know, you can in the right moment and you know turn that into a sale sales conversation and also then really coach the agent so that you know make sure they have the right things to sell and they have the right thing to say 
So that is something that you know we feel find general AI is really good at. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting too because I do think that um, as this transition happens, I think the way contact centers measure their effectiveness will also have to change because I, I think when you bring sales and service together, your handle time and things like that go up. But it is it is quite a different way of thinking about the contact center, and so uh, you know I'm glad some of your customers. Uh, your early adopter customers are doing that because they think that is the future. So uh, now, uh, Ping, I'm going to ask you to put your visionary hat on here a little bit. And since we're talking about transformation, let's look out into the future a little bit. And so what are some of the unexpected ways that you think AI would deliver transformative results for context centers in, say, the next three to five years? Thank you. Um, well, we have seen, um, what we are thinking about is contact center is really whimpering will eventually become the one brain is, um, you know, at the micro level, um, they're, you know, the contact center, the virtual agent and the agent co-pilot will merge into one AI. The way we think about it is that, um, you know, the co-pilot will always be agent's buddy and, you know, it will be one AI that agent get to know them when you get to interview those agents and train them, you know, the AI can train the agent, can interview the agent, and then can coach the agent, and then can help the agent answer uh, some, um, you know, questions that directly with interacting with the customers. And for some of the harder conversation, more nuanced, and then they will forward to uh, the agents. And then, but they will still collaborate, you know, they will um, still sit in the, you know, become a quiet, virtual agent, and then to do some of the note-taking, uh, summarization, you know, run around, retrieve knowledge for for the agent, but they were quiet. And then the agent, well, we, the human agent and virtual agent, in, for that matter, will collaborate. What we think that right now, uh, what we have seen is the virtual agent will hand over the task to human agent, and you know that's more complicated conversation. But in the future, what we envision is that the human agent and virtual agent will be seamlessly collaborate. What we mean that is the virtual, the human agent, when they resolve the the blocking complexity, they can, you know, get the customer back to the virtual agent to let the virtual agent guide the customer through the rest of the uh, the workflow, right? So, so that's number one. Number two, at the macro level, the way we think about uh, the contact center is a one single brain is that the contact center constantly learn and see all the interaction that happen in the contact center and will learn from the collective human output uh, the agent does day in and day out, right? And then you will extract key trends in the, in the contact center and then, you know, turn all these key trends and insights into actions. One insights can be, uh, what are the customer calling to asking about? Are there are common trends that your agent's not good at? Right. Or, or maybe your knowledge base is not up to date because what we notice in the conversation is that these are the questions asked, but your knowledge base either does not have it or they have the wrong answer. Right. So, so all these things, once you know the conversation deeply and at scale, you can, you can uncover all these valuable insights that's previously does not even available. Right. Updating knowledge base, or if you see, um, there may be missed opportunity in the conversation. And then the contact center will then take actions, right? It can start retargeting campaign to retarget those customers, or it can even detect fraud. If there's a fraud, you know, training fraud um, 
callers that call into a contact center, your alert security. Um, you know, they can detect churns. There are so many things that we feel that by understanding conversation at, in aggregation, uh, the contact center can become an action center and insight center. Yeah, that uh, the point on having the virtual uh, agents and the human agents actually interact with one another is pretty interesting because I've I've not really heard anybody talk about that before, but that would make sense. You, you can't have one channel and, and another channel not communicate with them. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, um, when I talk to enterprises about uh, their AI and their contact center, there's a lot of different options as to where to start, right? You can, um, uh, you know, agent assist and call around and things. And so from your experience, the customers you talk to, what, what, what would you say is the low hanging fruit for, for generative AI in the context center? Where should companies be starting? And, and what are some of the things that maybe it's not ready for yet? Right. Um, thank you. So, so I think that's a really good question. So we have seen, um, you know, it depends on the channel. For for chat channel, for example, we see uh, the agent co-pilot can be a really good way to start because there are a lot of low-hanging fruits, right? Like, you know, still today, many of the chat contact center, we notice that agents still um, manually typing every keystroke, right? This is really, and then you have hundreds of agents keep on typing similar stuff. You know, there's very easy AI um, that Questa have, for example, uh, we offer a product that can learn from all these typings. And then we have AI can predict, you know, can bring the autocomplete capabilities experience to your to your text box, right? So so for chat, Copilot can be a really uh, good way to start mm -hmm. that transformation. You know, in some contexts, and we've seen 50% of keystroke automated uh, by wow. AI just over, over, over a few weeks. Right. Sometimes they just click and they don't even need to type anymore. Um, so that's one thing. And then for voice, we do think that the post interaction uh, is is a good place to start uh, the transformation because you already have um, the data. We can transform um, transcribe that, and then you know, generally AI, you can extract a lot of insights. You can see why people are calling in, what a cluster <laughs> of topics that are not addressed, and you can take action around them. And then you can transform your quality assurance pro pro, um, process. Today, it's 1% call get, get QA'd, and the QA process is very manual. You don't have a performance history of your agents. You don't know who to coach on what, right? And then, you know, with general AI, by understanding conversation better, you can turn your playbook into what you want the agent to do and not to do into AI models. And then that have a hundred percent visibility. You can run all the historical conversations, right? Then that will give you a full view about a performance history, performance insights. Then you can really develop personalized coaching plans uh, for agents to really help them um, to uh, to work on their weakness and then improve their performance overall. And then um, and then another thing that a lot of lot of um, um, business may think about general AI was thinking about virtual agent uh, from um, our generative AI virtual agent, right? From our perspective, what we have seen is that oh, more successfully is that you start with the human side of, you know, either helping, you know, with co-pilot or post-interaction, you have visibility into the human to human conversation. Then um, you can really take a data-driven approach to see what are the conversation can be automated. Only after seeing 
all these conversation aggregation, now you see maybe X percent of your calls are for this reason. And these are, you know, 50 different ways that people ask this question, right? And then you can take very confidently with a data-driven approach to take that into as virtual agent. And then you can know exactly what's the ROI um, to, to, do the vert, the, to do the automation transformation from augmentation um, as a start. Yeah, I and you know the way I've thought about this too is that uh, there's a lot of problems that contact centers deal with, right? And mm -hmm. some are more complicated, some are more simple. And uh, I, I've thought, you know, that if you put all the interactions a contact center has on a two by two grid, with complexity mm -hmm. of interaction and frequency of interaction being the two axes, anything that's high frequency, low complexity, I don't know if you'd agree mm -hmm. with this, seems like it's perfect for AI. But then if you have something more complicated, right, you wouldn't really want to turn that over to an AI because, mm -hmm. you know, that you actually need a person that's going to show empathy to solve. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, exactly. So high frequent ping, pings, I think, you know, and ideally it's easier to address with the current technology. Uh, things like summarization, after call summarization, um, that's a really you know, low hanging fruits, something like, you know, auto typing, auto complete. That's another example we mentioned, right? So, um, and also compliance uh, adherence, yeah. automatically checking that and reminding that. So these are the things that, you know, have high business value and then, you know, high technical maturity, hence low technical risk in terms of deployment um, are, you know, the ways that we recommend people to start. Yeah, and I also think from a starting perspective, um, one of the concerns I know companies have had is they try these systems and they make mistakes once in a while, but, um, AI is never going to be hundred percent perfect just like people are. But my advice has always been that the starting point is when the threshold is better than people and people make a lot of mistakes, right? So if you wait until perfection, you may never get started. So, um, exactly. uh, anyways, I just have one more question for you. Um, you know, when it comes to deploying uh, generative AI, uh, or AI in overall, there are multiple approaches to it. And some companies go through this build or buy type of decision. And so what's your advice for companies who are considering building these types of solutions in-house? And do you think that's actually a viable approach? Um, and if not, then what kind of pitfalls do you think they, they should be aware of? Um, yeah, so obviously my answer will be very biased, right? So <laughs> you never ask a barber whether you need a haircut <laughs> you know <laughs> we're, we're selling these solutions and also like i before questa i also work quite deeply in this domain in i started google contact center ai solution um um so so my experience is that um those solutions are quite hard to build and then it just take a lot of in, in engineering effort and to do it right right and um and, and then, of course, I think there's another thing that people probably overlooked is from the AI cost perspective, is that it's just a lot more beneficial if you have all these AI use cases that, you know, um, you, you deploy them from a single platform that provide all these use cases in one, in one cohesive solution. So the reason I said that is that there are a lot of compute, as you know, like the AI compute is not cheap. Right, you look at the GPU cost. You look look at NVIDIA stock price, and then you will soon realize that 
um, if you do these use case separately, piecemeal, some in-house, some find a vendor, you will soon realize you will do a lot of redundant compute. You will have low utilization of the compute or the GPU that you purchase. So that's the value. And, and then um, you know, in terms of value and the cost perspective, it may not make sense anymore. So I can give you an example. So for real-time coaching and post-call coaching and insights and summarization and and all these voice-related use cases, they share the same underlying uh, speech transcription in real time. That's a lot of compute, right? And then all these uses build on top of that, right? And then, you know, a lot of the effort that you want to do, your agent to do, that requires understanding the conversation in real time. Right, so so that's another layer of compute that constantly have to do classifications. Um, so you know, you know, to detect you know five intents versus eight intents, probably the compute is very very similar. And then so the marginal cost of adding introducing additional AI use case on top of Quest is much lot cheaper compared to a piecemeal point solution. So so from you know so that's just the cost perspective. And also I can go other uh, talk talk about. Uh, from the value perspective and the quality perspective, just uh, have one place where we can bring the domain expertise. I think it's just so much better uh, compared to building a house. Yeah, and I think the analogy you brought up, should I ask my barber if I need a haircut? Really, the better question is, should I ask my barber if I should cut my own hair, yeah. right? And, uh, um, and that's probably the more appropriate analogy. And I think this is where companies need to be careful where it might be attractive to try and build your own models and build your own AI, there's an awful lot of processing required, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, your, your, your companies, this is all you do and you got a team of people mm -hmm. to do that. And I don't, I just don't know if it's in the core competency of most organizations to right. go ahead and do that. So, yeah, it's just, I also to add to that, uh, just to step back a little bit, I, you know, I think a really good advice I heard before is uh, focus on a, a core differentiator, what make your beer taste better. Right, yeah. and then you know this is figuring out how to best utilize it, utilize the AI inference stack using the state of art, um, you know, AI operational ML operation um, technology to build the entire stack, you know, high quality and efficiency. It's not probably a a, a thing that will make a lot of business uh, beer taste better, especially in the in the in the customer support or care uh, use cases yeah all right ping well uh um you know on that note uh, maybe it's time to go have a beer i think we've uh, kind of reached the uh the end of this podcast and i want to thank thank you for having you on um and so uh, that was a great great summary i think of where uh you can use generative ai in the contact center today but also where uh, but also where it's going so thank you ping thank you so much Zest. yeah so thank you so much for joining us today. I, I do appreciate having you on. I also uh, also thank you to everyone listening. We hope you took away a lot from today's podcast. And for further information on what we've talked about, please head over to Cresta.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our social channels at EM360Tech on X, the platform from Twitter and also on LinkedIn. And for more, more great daily content, head over to em360tech.com.